Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fantastic, stop laughing, <laughs> to another fantastic episode of Brandon and Lindsay have a podcast now. Hit it, Lindsay. Boom, poochie, boom, poochie, poochie. Mm. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we got Joe here, so we got to... We gotta do I'm here, I'm here to cancel all of this. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was set by set by the cancel culture. This <laughs> has gotta stop. <laughs> all right. Yep. So got a guest with us today again. Not just me. Not just Lindsay. Joka, the famous fighter from Tenth Planet Jiu Jitsu Decatur. World famous. World famous. <laughs> the PGF veteran. Oh, wow, that that actually speaks volume. I, I, yeah. I like that one. Veteran of PGF one. Right. Commentator for PGF two. Mm. You're like Big John McCarthy of of the yep. PGF sorta. L- little John Mc- McCarthy. L- little Joe. <laughs> little Joe McKay. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys got questions for me or Lindsay or Joe. Please feel free to drop them in there. And oh, we got a new thing on the Instagram called badges. Have you ever heard of badges? No. What's that? Apparently, I don't know. I just turned it on. Apparently, it's like you can donate. Like you know how, like on YouTube, you can do super chat and give <laughs> money to the guy. So after you reach a certain number of followers, I guess they give you that on Instagram. Mm, so nice. that's new. So if you're into what we're doing, uh, please buy some of those badges. We like money. Money's good. Um, let's see here. Marco365 says, how much for a week pass at your gym? Maybe a private or two if I come from Florida. So week pass, we just do $20 a day for drop-ins, um, and I do 200 an hour for privates during the week. So I'm happy to do them, but my time is definitely at a premium during the week, so sure. you'll have to um, pay for it. So. <laughs> All right, let's get started here. Let's start with Joe Ka. Tell the, tell the people about yourself. Like, I, Just tell them about your um, jujitsu journey and how you got here into oh. this room. Oh, how did I get into this room? I was kidnapped. Help me. <laughs> Somebody please call them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now we're definitely yeah. canceled. Help, help. You're, they're accusing, you're accusing me of kidnapping <laughs> no, black people. Not accusing. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> not accusing. Not accusing. <laughs> I am black. I am here. <laughs> but, um... I think it started um, in 2012. Uh, is that too far back? No, that's good. <laughs> yeah. We got time, out. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I was born. I was an embryo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, around 2012, I was in college, you know, and uh, I needed a way to get in shape, and I thought, of, you know, boxing, you know, mostly in, 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 in like – in uh, young men's life, we think like martial arts in America is like boxing and wrestling. Yeah. So I was like, man, let me go karate. find karate. Let me learn some karate. Dude. Yeah, I'm in I'm in college in Nashville, so I signed up for a uh, Muay Thai boxing gym, and they were having like buy a month get a month free, and I'm a sucker for a deal. <laughs> like I'll pay I'll pay double something expensive uh, you know like, just because it's on sale versus the cheaper that's thing that's true i remember you on the phone one time with somebody <laughs> that was like joe if you come do a test drive on this car then we will give you something something and you were like no i i, I can't remember what Dude, you were we were in the middle of something we were in the middle of something you were like you were like i'll be right there <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to win something. Oh, I come from yeah. the, I come from a hard life, man. We got coupons on deck. <laughs> so, 
So I signed up. You know, I signed up for six months. So that means I got a uh, I got a year for the price of six months, awesome. which I thought was you know it made sense. I was like, I'm gonna, you know, and I was feeling myself. So I did Muay Thai for about. A year and a half, and I started competing in Muay Thai within six months. Ugh. Yeah, and we, in a tournament and everything. I and at first time experiencing like being an actual martial arts practitioner, like in a legitimate setting, you know. And it was, it was so rough. But on, anyway, on the side, I would see we had like a small jujitsu program. That, that the school was called um, Tiger King Muay Thai in Nashville, Tennessee. Shout out to Rocky. Who was a teacher there? Really heavy metal dude from the movie. No, but he, but he was his own character. <laughs> like he would blast like metal all day, and uh, he was a bass player. A lot of uh, martial artists in Nashville are musicians, so that was awesome. That's super cool. Yeah, so we they're always like you know playing instruments or something. But anyway, Rocky was hard, hardcore like traditional Muay Thai practitioner. You know, he was teaching us like Dutch style and Thai style. And I just fell in love with it, and I got really good. And um, but then Rocky, you know, had some a few. Uh, I don't know what was going on with him, but he ended up moving to Malaysia, and I ended up uh, going transferring to another college in um, Cookville, Tennessee. So, and I still had a year or six months left, I think, on the gym that I was at, and all they had was uh, like a small jujitsu gi program, and it was like run by uh, a purple belt like a like a 50 year old purple belt and i was in muay thai shape so i was like well, let me jump in here and jump. you know i can i wrestled a little bit oh, I was like, oh yeah look at this old man right here <laughs> so I, I jump in i slap bump with the old man and he just you know we all heard this story i just got turned into a pretzel and i'm in like my peak you know college muay thai shape you know, and I was like, I decided, hey, I'm going to start using this as cross-training for Muay Thai because it's mm. easier than Muay Thai in my mind at the no time. No question. Yeah, like, compared to what we were doing in Muay Thai, jiu-jitsu was like, like yoga. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but even the jiu-jitsu that we did back then is way harder than the jiu-jitsu we do now as far as practice. It was back, 2013 jiu-jitsu in the gi was... It's just always a fight. Yeah, it's just, we just we're just fighting. Pretty much, like we're we're doing the technique in class, but we're really just waiting for the end to fight each other. <laughs> do you think that that's because jujitsu was different at that time, or do you think it's because we are better at jujitsu, so we know how to do it correctly without having to be a in a fight? Like, because because I still feel people fight at me like that, yeah. But I don't have to fight them anymore. Does it, that make sense? It's both, you know. Um, just the 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 techniques that we're using today are just so much more intricate and 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 just detailed efficient yeah and yeah. efficient and it's just like you know anything in like working out or in any kind of art it's like it gets more refined of even just how to practice better more efficient ways of how to become better um that we just learn over time you know back in 2013 dvds were the thing you know and gracie magazines so yeah, YouTube was just yeah, yeah, like, just catching out. Yeah, like time. you know, you might see like some tournament footage on YouTube, but it was grimy and and mm -hmm. grainy, you know. But um, nowadays, it's like man, you everybody's got the the best technique of you got Michael Jordan on your YouTube page, you know, showing you how to do his three sixty dunk. You yeah, know? isn't that crazy? Yeah, so it's it's just different. But I like that I started in that because. You know, whenever you start, um, 
where as far as whenever I start something, I like to look at the past people, like the past greats. So I was I was doing my homework on um, you know whoever was the top competitor at that time, and at that time it was like Crone Gracie, you know, and uh, like you know at that time Gary Tonin was like was like Nicky Ryan, like he was good, but he was people were just like yeah whatever it's yeah it's Gary you know um, yeah he was a brown belt um, yeah probably around that time yeah all the killer black belts were like brown or purple belts at that time and then. Um, so it was like mostly Hoffa and Cobrinha were just on their, you know, on their legacy tears at that yeah. time. As far as in my my size bracket, no question. Um, and I was just, I was just, and Marcelo was like the one to look at. He was he was goat status yeah. right around that time. Yeah, he was LeBron James. Yeah. yeah. So those were the three that I was, you know, really looking at. And you know, we had some up and comers like the Meow Brothers, up and comers. <laughs> <laughs> they know? were though. Yeah. I mean, everybody's an up and comer at some point. They right? were the That's Rotolos. To remember, they were the Rotolos in 2013. Yeah. You know, that made me think. Like, I think there is a mind shift now. Like, uh, for a long time on the internet, people were keeping their secrets. You yeah. know, like, oh, I'll teach just something instructional wise, or I'll go teach a seminar, or you know, that kind of thing. But it was like. My main stuff, though, I'm keeping that in my pocket, you know. But now that we found found a way to monetize all that, they're like, okay, I'll give you my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Cross training was yeah. never allowed. Like that was, you know, it was very, it was very weird because it's like you go to somebody's gym, they were very friendly, but at the same time, there was still like a weird funk of don't go to people's gyms. Yeah, which was didn't make any sense. And then, in the midst of that culture and that atmosphere, you found your way into Tenth Planet. Yeah, because the school, okay, so going back, the school that I went to, uh, to college where I transferred to was called Tennessee Tech, and they were, so I went in there and I was doing like some shopping of new gyms, because I needed a gym like, right next door, because I'm now two hours away from Nashville, and the, the two gyms that they had there was, one was a gi gym, there was a, it's called Alpha Jiu Jitsu, which is, um, is like a traditional Gracie. Like they had like Elio Gracie pictures with him and Elio. Like they were like that school. A lot of oosin. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like they were just like you know. And then and then there was another school called Tenth Planet, um, uh, Cookville. Yeah. With Michael Bartlett, who yep. was a blue belt at the time, you know, and I was a white belt. So I was like, man, do I want to learn from the blue belt or do I want to learn from the black belt? Because I'm still at very naive about you know. I thought if you got a belt, that means you're better. You know, but little did I know because I started going to the Gracie gym for like, you know, like a month or so. And Mike would stop by there because his gym was so small that he he just wasn't getting the run. He wasn't getting any reps. So he would come to the Gracie gym in Nogi gear, which was also a thing. I was like, why is this guy only in Nogi gear? (laughs) Like bright 10th planet Nogi gear. (laughs) You know, and at that time. Isn't that fun? Michael's such a quiet dude, but he'll be wearing some bright. Shirts. Oh, some spats. He's he's quiet, but he has his own way of being like, like <laughs> yeah, I'm quiet, but I, you know, but I, mean, I own a gun shop. Yeah, like yeah, five of yeah, them. Yeah, like try me. <laughs> yeah, he he's an amazing character. But anyway, um, he would come there, and uh, at the time it was right before the the Eddie Hoyler rematch. Okay, so I was already deep in Tenth Planet at that time. Like I, I was, because uh, you know I I was. Um, I would run into Mike, so I was I looked it up and I was like, oh my god, this stuff is kind of cool. And then also he had a, a student with him he would bring named Brian, who was like two hundred and yeah, Brian Tupper, Brian Tupper, oh, be- one of my best friends now. But like at the time, 
two. He's like two forty, two fifty. Dude, he was bigger than that. Probably bigger. Yeah. And he would throw me in the truck, and at that time, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> well, that sounds like he he, he came and took to you against you. your will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Got what it. he would do repeatedly. Every, <laughs> every time he saw me. He would out-technique me, and so I had no excuse of going, oh, you're just a big dude or whatever. But also his bigness did, it did like it was like a boost. It was like an amplifier on all his technique. And he was really cool because he would hand us like papers and graphs and charts every time he saw us. And he, in the graphs and charts, he'll have every submission that he's hit on us in a pie chart, in a graph, in what? a bar chart. But yeah, and... <laughs> That he's hit on us, the percentages of which, how many times we've thrown it and had caught it, and in reverse, how many that he, he we've thrown on him, and the percentages of we're catching and. So he's mm-hmm. going home at night and, and yes. plugging stuff into oh some kind God. of like. And he's not even no a competitor. Software. No way. He just does it because he's bored. He was just like, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm going to show y'all That's what y'all a new do. level of obsession. And no. Brandon is thinking about doing that when he goes yeah. home every night <laughs> now. Because he loves stats. I do love stats. I don't, And I can't even add. That's the weird part. I don't. I, like if you gave me like a fourth grade math problem right now. I said, here, Brandon, long divide this. I would just. I would just throw my hands up. There's nothing I could do with it. I'd be totally helpless. But I love statistics for some reason. I don't know. I I loved it because it showed me somebody who's like, you know, really in the lifestyle. You know, I was meeting, I was meeting now meeting people that live the lifestyle. Mm. But anyway, um, you know, uh, I quickly realized that that school was kind of a little bit, you know, leaning towards more like like we said, a little, a little too much osis going around, a <laughs> little, you know? little too much on the os side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> you know, my back was hurting from balance. Like, <laughs> 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 and then Mike, and then Mike was just giving me like gems, and he was going to these competitions with me, and I, I would come to this school, but learning from this guy specifically there. So Mike had a school across town. So I just kind of, you know, just, you know, slipped off in the night to Mike's gym after <laughs> after about a week or two, you know. And for those for those that don't know Michael, Michael's one of my black belts. He's dude, he's a killer. He's been uh, he got all his belts. He's been me. facing black belts since he blue belt. Yeah, and he's been tapping them since blue belt too, bro. Yeah. In competition. Yeah, he doesn't just go in there just to see. He goes in there to win. Mm-hmm. And he's coming from a very very small town and he has basically white belts that that's all he's training with at that time. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, I just followed Mike because because he was just fun to be around. Really. And he's a great example of what a martial artist is supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. He's a humble, kind person. And he knew how to check me, too, because at that time I was just thinking I'm hot stuff because, <laughs> you know, after having Muay Thai tournaments, like going into jiu-jitsu tournaments was just, it, you just had to be aggressive and you would win white belt yeah. matches. Like if you're aggressive and believe, like you might not submit the person, but you'll 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 probably just be on top. More yeah, often. win and just be on. Yeah, if you want to just be on top and just be aggressive, you'll win a lot of tournaments. But um, so he was really good at checking me, you know, with kindness and, and helped me grow as a person, you know. And he was just a like you said, a great example uh, to follow as a competitor, coach, and and mentor. So anyway. Mike's taking me on these tours of, you know, tournaments. And one of the tournaments we went to when I just got my blue belt was a good fight. It was my first ever submission-only tournament Okay. in Alabama. Okay. And Mike's like, we got to go to this tournament because I need to see my coach, Brandon, uh, and, uh, and, and just, you know, compete and we get to hang out and stuff. 
I didn't care. I was like, I don't know that guy. Was whatever. <laughs> <laughs> who cares? Brandon, who? Who cares? <laughs> and, uh, you know. But anyway, we get down there at the good. I was just more excited about the whole point of having my first ever submission only tournament. Because, you know, we all make excuses like, man, if this was, forget the points, you know, let's just run this like the streets. <laughs> <laughs> so I had no choice at this time, you know. I had to put up or shut up. And the beauty of the good fight, I don't know if they still do this, but if you make it to the finals, it's legit. Like no time, yeah, limit. no time limit, sub only. I think it's still okay. the way that it is. And if y'all know my pace, like it was even crazier as a white and blue belt. Like it was just, I just emptied out the gas tank from start to finish. And um, so I'm at this tournament, and um, it's just, it's a ball. But we're having a good time. I had a really good showing, and I just, you know, made it to the finals on three different divisions. So Ooh, I had wow. three, three thirty-minute matches, which is terrible. At one match, one guy just gave up. He looked at his coach and said, "Coach, I don't want to do this anymore." And just <laughs> Dang, he just quit. Oh, he just walked away. He, he never. He never walked away. <laughs> yeah, so that was really fun for me because I was like, "Thank <laughs> Jesus," because I wanted to quit too. You know, I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> but anyway, afterwards we got to hang out with Brandon and his crew. Whoever his or Brandon's black belts now, there were like his white and blue belts at the time. His brown belts and black belts now were his white. So. That's how early on um, that I, when I physically met Brandon. But there's actually a funny story that I actually messaged Brandon like a year before that on Facebook. Oh, I don't even know what you're about to say. I'm yeah. about to be embarrassed. No, no, no. It was cool. <laughs> um, so not a year, but maybe like six months. Um, so 10th Planet Decatur has really cool rash guards. And one of the coolest ones they ever did was a 10th Planet Decatur uh, DMT Eddie rash guard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, I'm always about drip and swag and gear. So when I was a white belt, Mike had the DMT Eddie rash guard. And I was like, man, I want that. So he was like, uh, Mike told me, just message, you know, this guy, Brandon, and he might have some. So I just Facebook Brandon. And um, I was, uh, I was at that time, I just, I didn't even know how to talk to people. So I was just <laughs> like, I was like, hey, man, whatever it costs, you know, I'll pay it. Just give me this rash guard, you know. <laughs> Dude, whatever you want, man. Like, don't be a, don't be a thousand dollars. Yeah, a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I like sales, but if I really like something, I'll overpay for it too. Sometimes, yeah. Okay. But um, Brandon's like, we don't have any, and I was just like, whatever, dude. And I just dismissed it. I was like, bye. <laughs> I'll never see him again. <laughs> you know. And um, fast. But you forward. ended up getting one, right? Yes, which is even more special to me. And then not only did I get one, I got Mike's one because Mike gave awesome. it to me. You know, which is he wears a size above me, so it was it was fun until I wore it. I was like, oh, this oh, is like a dress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up getting another one later though. But um, but the one that Mike gave me was my favorite one because wow. I got it around the time I was a purple belt, and you know how being a purple belt is. You just got you get a bucket of paint, a e- purple paint. Everything everything's purple. Your grandma is gonna get painted purple. You got a black knee. It's <laughs> yeah. got a purple trim. It's purple. Like you, mm-hmm. your Dodge Neon is now has a purple stripe. <laughs> <laughs> you let you letting everybody know. That's so yes. true, dude. Purple belt. Purple, purple belt. You're trying to get everything in purple. Yeah. everything's got to be purple. You, you actually sell hard, yeah. you sell good gear just so you can get purple, not as good gear. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so anyway, uh, at that tournament, that's where I built my relationship with Brandon. Um, and I, uh, Brandon said something really like uh, that cool to me. Right? Uh, the first thing you said to me was we went to Moe's. <laughs> that was the first Moe's journey. If I, if you come to Tenth Plan Decatur, you're going to Moe's at some yeah, point. Yeah, dude, I love like, Moe's. So we go to Moe's, and I'm clanking like a like a 
douchebag with my little medals, you know, <laughs> clank, clank. You're wearing them. Yeah, like some of some of the guys that I beat are with us at Moe's. Clank, clank. So yeah, what's up, yo? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, I, I took me an hour to submit somebody. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> That's you know, and then I think Scaff was a. Uh, was he a purple belt at that time? Or I, don't know, I think he might have been a purple belt at that time. But or a brown belt maybe. That's how long ago. But um purple probably. So I go up to uh to B Mac because Mike's talking to him and I just uh, you know, he just says hi and I and he's like, Hey man, you're a bad dude. You know, I was like, Thanks. And I was like, I appreciate that because that cause I, that was what I was trying to be at the time. I didn't think I was, but I was trying to be that, you know. So that kind of felt good to hear that. And then I the reason I was so gravitated towards Brandon was like, you know, it was it was the atmosphere, it was the aura in which he d- like displayed with his students. It wasn't because he had a big school or he was, you know, this or that. At that time, he wasn't even like, you know, you weren't like right now, Brandon. You were like, you were locally very, very, everybody knew you, but like, it wasn't like, you know, nowadays I'm, I'm at a tournament in another state and people are like, oh, you're Brandon McCatherine's student. I'm like, That's you're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget. Oh yeah, we probably were super small back then. Yeah, it was like, at, like we were at another gym because I, I remember right after the Moe's, I was like, I got to come down here because he had small people. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in Tennessee with... Yeah, especially at that time, we yeah. didn't have a Beef Alley back yeah. then. Yeah, you had you had tiny blue belts and white belts, and I had I came from a school where I, I had SWAT team members <laughs> that were all six foot and above coming from military training. So that kind of... I lived in a survive-only world for in, in, in 2013 where it was already aggressive, you know, for about two to three two and a half years it was mostly just survival mm-hmm. so which was great for defense and I'm, I'm surprised i got out of it with no almost no injuries uh, you and you know what man you and Lindsay both have never really had blow up injuries like yeah. you know nagging bothering stuff i did not that has not been my journey <laughs> that has just not been my you're like two of the only people that i know who haven't who are ended small. up really yet yeah, that are yeah. small and haven't messed something up I want to. I want to hear. I know we'll get back to. We'll get back. But I want to. I want to hear from Lindsay a little bit too. Like, what is it about training? Like, how did y'all do that? Um. Well, so when we were at our second location, I think that was the. I want to say tumultuous time. Like <laughs> during, like it was. You roll with everybody in the room. It doesn't matter like what your weight class is or like how much experience you had. Like you, you're rolling with this. That was the kind of the time where I was going, all right, I'm doing twice a week. <laughs> and um, so I kind of, I didn't completely skip out on that time, but I was not well, in the same mindset as you guys. And like, the ki- like somebody had to be around with the kids a lot more yeah. at that time too. And yeah. so I, like you, you so I mean, of away. course I have excuse. I mean, like I was working full time. I had two kids, but yeah, I was not in the gym trying to kill people on the reg. So um, I, I kind of. Uh, skipped out on on that killing season. <laughs> um, yeah, that years long killing season. Right, years long. And um, so now though, I I don't follow like your same level of intensity or even Scaff's same level of intensity. I I don't do twenty rounds in a day. Like I do one training session uh, per day, and then it's you know, maybe 10 rounds. And that's a lot, If especially now. I'm trying to do a lot less than that. 
I'm trying to cut back to like maybe five. It's just so. unchristian, dude. <laughs> just, it just ain't right. I'm just saying I'm trying to train for a really long time. Well, so. but um, I, I say that so that everybody can hear. Like, I don't know. I, everybody hears my voice and how I train all the time because I can't shut up and I'm videoing everything. But really, it's not like you guys, both of you guys have stayed, managed to stay uninjured for the entirety of your career. I've seen I've seen people get really injured, and I think a lot of mine was luck and timing, because in the beginning when I from white to blue belt, that was probably the most roughest time because I had the biggest people on me, and I just didn't know like you're not supposed to explode. Yeah, you just don't know how to defend yourself, man. Like you you think you do, and yeah. you're learning the moves, but you don't even know what. Like, you don't have a concept of what it really means to yeah. be on your side. Yeah. Like, you just don't get it. You don't even get, like, that you're in danger. Uh, and But uh, I was lucky that I had access to a pool at that time. So I'd always jump into a pool, like, after training. Interesting. And I think that might have had a lot to do with rehab without me even knowing it. Like, you would swim or you just cool off? Both. Like, it depends on how much energy Just I like had. a regular old swimming pool, not a hot tub. Yeah, just a regular swimming pool that was nice and cold, not heated. So it was almost like I took ice baths, like mild ice baths. Yeah. Now looking back, I'm thinking, I think the pool is what saved me. Because uh, hmm. a lot of people would just go home and go to sleep. But I didn't have that option. I was working 40 hours a week. I was going to school. So I was constantly moving. And a lot of the injuries come from you, you just sit down after you're done. you know. So for me, I just didn't have that option. Like I, <clears throat> I had to go to Muay Thai training at 6 a.m. And then, you know, so I was still like I would warm up again and cool down again so and then i'll jump in this pool and when i did get injured it wasn't i would just kind of just uh just not do that like i would just take time off like i was okay with that at the time because i didn't have any goals or anything i was like if i'm hurt i'm just gonna not cut I short think of class. That's, i never did that you didn't take time off for injuries yeah i never i never took time off for injuries even even now i still really don't i just alter the training but I don't know I feel like for me I'm almost like injuring my mind when I'm not training like I'm not it's like I'm not treating my mind in, in it with a in a healthy way maybe like so I don't know so yeah I, I need the training like there's something about being on the mats that um I agree it's just right for me it's just right for me so even if it hurts my body I feel better you know, I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> no, I, I, I had out, I had other outlets to to relieve stress. So sometimes I would go to those things, and and, um, and not do jujitsu, but I'll still get the the same benefits that I would get out of jujitsu. Like we would play pickup basketball. Yeah, well, see, know. I started playing, uh, started playing jujitsu. I started playing jujitsu because I couldn't really play basketball anymore because I just kept hurting my knee and my yeah. ankle, and it just wasn't worth it. Like, yeah. I was getting scared to like jump and yeah. Because if you injure yourself there, yeah. then you can't yeah. go to jujitsu too. Yeah, but well, you even music and stuff. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's, it's got to be, be a physical it's thing. It's got to be something too. physical. Like a sweating, you got to sweat. Yeah, and you got to struggle. Yeah, like you learn music the same way you learn martial arts in a lot of ways. That's the mental exercise. So you are sweating, but mentally, but, but there's nothing like just being exhausted for a few minutes and failing and failing to overcome yeah like you, like like you know you gave up a little bit within it so it's like you always know that you can push a little bit more you're like "Uh." or even if you did well you're like yeah i did well but could i have 
pushed even harder. Well, and, and there's an inherent, there's a built-in competition. Whereas in, in a straight art like music, there's just no, competition doesn't actually even exist. You know, like, I mean, I guess it does. I say that to Yo-Yo Ma. But, <laughs> but, but like a, a song, like oh, what's the best song ever? Well, there's no way to judge that. Like there's just, it's all subjective. It's art, you yeah. know. But there's a martial side. It's a type of art. It's a martial art, which means somebody dies at the end, you know. And so mm-hmm. we get to figure out there's a competitive side to it, too. So it gives you, like, an extra thing to struggle with. I think also the moves that you pick in the beginning are going to affect what trajectory of injuries you could be leading mm-hmm. yourself towards. Like, a lot of people, they just they think that I'm going to just do, you know, bottom, close guard, and it's everything's gonna be hunky dory or bottom half guard, but in the beginning, those positions are man. You people are stacking you and smushing you and and pushing you. I started out playing, wanting to be on top because I have these six foot dudes. I'm like I'm not going to the bottom, yeah. you know. But that still could lead injuries with having to wrestle. Mm-hmm. I was just lucky that the guys that I was with didn't really even know how to wrestle either. We were all new to jujitsu. Yeah. Interesting. Anything to add to that, Jones? About the training and the injuries and stuff? Um, no, I mean, like, because I, I was a bottom player for a really long time. But luckily, like you were saying, um, you know, you came to our gym because we had small guys. So mm-hmm. I did have training partners that I could, you know, that wouldn't smash me or well or wouldn't didn't have like 200 pounds to put on me. Yeah. So I think, you know, maybe that saved me, too. But Also, I was young. I think that helps too. Like um, young enough that my body was done developing, but you know, I mean, old enough, but but still young enough that I could regenerate like Wolverine. Oh, let me ask you this: so, how much strength and conditioning outside? I of? did a lot. That's what I was saying. I was, I was, hmm. I was in the best shape of my me life. Me too. Yeah, that's well, what I did. used to do. Like, you can't look at me now <laughs> no, and be like, "Yeah, you got to do other stuff." To yeah. it's like that's the rehabbing. Yeah, that's what it probably was. That plus the pool, plus I was d- even jumping in saunas sometimes. Like, I would it's be at the YMCA, hot tub, and yeah. when we were in Decatur, we had that huge bathtub, and I would fill it up with hot yeah. water every it's just, night. It's, yeah, it's ignorant rehab. That's what it was. Like, I was rehabbing. I didn't even know it. And and the the kind of foods that I like are healthy. Even when I eat a lot, I just so eat. what about gas station? Chicken wings, though. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I was, uh, that time, but what about gas station pizza? No. Coke Zero. No, no, in high school. Captain oh, D's. Yeah, no. High Taco school, Bell. High school, the, name something I wouldn't eat. That's, that's what high school was. Right. High school's called rectangle pizza. Yeah, like, uh, man, the school lunch was a gourmet. You know, everybody's complaining. I'm Chicken like, nugget day. Sugar mm. cookies. Yeah. Sugar cookies. Oh, my God. Ooh, they have cinnamon rolls sometimes. Oh, jeez. Oh yeah. yeah, dude, them sugar cookies was a quarter at the speak lunchroom, and I, I y'all y'all have it cheap, man. I was in Atlanta; it was like a dollar. Yeah, it was also 25. I was in uh, elementary school in 1906. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the World War One was just coming just to a close. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it came before the Roaring Twenties. That's why it started roaring because hey, I popped out. Your cookies came in a tin can. <laughs> <laughs> Clabber girl. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Oh, so that's interesting. So strength and conditioning, diet, it's, pretty it's, clean. Yeah. It's yeah. The, it's the it's the rehabilitation. That's mm-hmm. what it is. A lot of people are just going home after jujitsu, going, "Well, that was fun." <laughs> yeah. Nah, man. Even if you just stretch a little bit right before. So I've always leave. had a pretty serious uh, stretching game. That's why you're flexible. Yeah, and that's uh, I think that's what's kept me from getting hurt playing rubber garden, that, all that stuff over the years. Yeah. Like 
But that that flexibility has never been something that like was a daunting task to me. Strength and conditioning always feels like a daunting task, but uh, stretching always felt like, oh, this makes me feel better. I re- I receive benefits quickly mm-hmm. from stretch. I can see the benefits of it quickly on the mat. So I always took my stretching. Man, I didn't start seriously. getting flexible until I started training with Mike. I was I didn't know how stiff of a board I was because in Muay Thai it's we think we're stretching but we are but it's 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 really uh, focused you're on fa- you're fast and that makes you feel like you're you're stretching. Yeah. yeah. When you're throwing throwing a kick with control, you can not reach the same height that you can when you throw it quick. Yeah. But having to hold a stretch different story. Yeah. So when I dynamic came, versus static uh, stretching. Uh, uh so Mike was trying to teach me like rubber guard concept. I was like, I can't even hold on. I couldn't do a De La Hiva until I was a blue belt. That's Be- hilarious. And and even in a blue belt, it wasn't a real De La Hiva. It was just kind of like yeah, uh, nobody knew. Yeah, no they, gi- we didn't even know what it was yeah. at the time, anyways. Yeah. But so I had I. It was a blessing in disguise though because I developed my reverse De La Hiva even better because I I, I had to switch to that as an alternative. Um, but anyway, um, so going back to how I got here. So once I started developing a relationship with Brandon, I started uh, driving down from Nashville two hours uh, one way. So it's a four-hour drive each way. Um, and it started out just, you know, every now and then, like monthly or every other month. And then um, once I graduated college, I moved to Nashville full-time and uh, just going through some some problems finding a real stable gym. But I was still, you know, coming down here and training with Brandon um and every time you see me, he's like, "Bro, just just move to Alabama." <laughs> I always do that. Every time it's he saw me, just, just it's just so simple. Just, just move. Just, here. Yeah, he's like, "It's just so simple. Just move to Alabama." How, but it was so simple. It was, but it took a whole pandemic in the world almost ending for me to realize, like, you know, life is short, and you should probably just do it now. Cause simple you know, and easy are not the same thing. Yeah, it takes courage to even on things that are relatively simple, but you know, so. Um, COVID hits. Um, I'm not training for like three months because Nashville is just uh, locked down. And uh, Lindsay's texting me like, "Dude, are you dead?" <laughs> we I'm miss like, you. I'm listening to Kurt Cobain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like watching Netflix documentaries, <laughs> putting on lipstick, yeah, and <laughs> making lists. <laughs> My dog's in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the funny thing is when somebody that you like that you you know personally like checks up on you it kind of makes you like go like oh I should probably get this together <laughs> <laughs> so I put down why why do they feel the need to check up on yeah me? Okay. at first it's like leave me alone nah. <laughs> but at the same time it's like oh you're right so I put down the you know the, the margarita mixes <laughs> <laughs> and I started driving back down because really the only reason I had to get out of the house was just to go train jujitsu, so that's the reason why I didn't train. I was like, I work from home. I don't have to do anything. I can. I wake up, I do work from my bed, and then I, you know, I just watch TV for. Three then I just slowly kill myself. Yeah, I just slowly, and I was almost accepting that to some point. At one point, I was like, you know what? This is kind of nice. You know, I've got, I've got a little, I've got a little pounds going now. I can hibernate <laughs> for the winter. You know, and then. Brr, brr, Lindsay's like, uh, dude, stop, chill out. <laughs> so I started coming down, and then when I came down, man, it was rough, you know. It's like day one again, but luckily I had knowledge of years of training. And at this point, you know, 
you guys are at this new gym now, so it was it was like it's summertime mm. here. It's like I lost the pounds, and <laughs> like as I two training yeah, sessions, yeah, it took, it, no, it took a, it took like a month, but yeah. like, but there was summertime training here is no joke. Like, yeah, is there any is there any gym? Do you think that's a more miserable? environment like physical environment than here during the summer yeah i mean our gym in cookville we had no air conditioning it was a smaller gym and it was like wood oh yeah it wasn't really ventilated yeah it was not ventilated it's like a sauna one time time i passed out right after class like i laid down for a second i didn't notice that i'm passing out i start to pass out they had a women's cardio class (laughs) (laughs) and they kept working around me i'm dying on the ground they're just hopping over me like I'm one of the obstacles. Like, all right, ladies. <laughs> Jump the black man. Jump <laughs> And I'm like, help. <laughs> I finally like regained consciousness. That's the only time I've ever been out in jiu-jitsu. I, I regained consciousness. Oh, no. I go to Mike. I was like, Mike, I almost died. And he was like, yeah, see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like you got to be careful with the hot gym. What's the most tired you've ever been in training, Lindsay? Like the most completely exhausted that you've ever been? Okay, so um, it it was it two Decembers ago where we got the flu. Yeah. Okay, and um, so everybody in our house got the flu except for Logan, our daughter, and she's bouncing off the walls and wanting Going to get crazy. out. Everybody's and we're just puking like, their guts oh, out. Logan's like, pay attention to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, my skin hurts. Ouch. <laughs> And so finally, we've we've uh, gone through our, you know, we're better now and um, we're trying to come back to the gym. And so uh, at my first training session back, I just got a bob, you know, like one of the training dummies filled with clothes and stuff. And I was just I, I was exhausted just drilling with him. OK. And so then the next training session I come back. And I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm going to roll this time. And Sierra gets on top of oh, me, geez. and I'm like trapped because I, I have no energy whatsoever. And she's got good top pressure well, now. Sierra will squish and your so bones I'm out. like uh, laying there and going, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> and it's hot, and I just got over the flu, and I'm just so miserable. That was probably the, yeah. I was telling people, like, Tenth Planet Decatur girls have better top pressure than 10th indicator boys. Ooh. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. Hey, I'm on that team. I'm on the boys team. Yeah, but that's one. Okay. Who else? Okay. Who else? We'll say the average. I can, I can name two girls. Is better. I can name three girls. Hmm. Let me see. Who else has got, who else just, Gavin, bro. I mean, even technically, not just on his size. Like watching him during Warrior Week, he's like, he's like a sloth of poetry. He's like a poet sloth. He's he just moves. Nik- Nikaya, so, Nikaya Jackson. Nikaya's yeah, she, she's, she's got, got top a, pressure. She's got a pressure for her she's size. Got a good top working pressure. on it a little but bit, but hers is a cardio pressure. Like she can keep pushing. Hey, like we didn't you. say what kind. We just said pressure. Okay, fair. Yeah. That's fair. There's different kinds of pressure. Yeah, it's still pressure. That's true. There's car. I say that all the time. There's physical pressure. People think about the word pressure and they think about pressure like ow that's a lot of weight yeah. on me you're squishing me but cardio pressure maybe even stronger and uh, psychological pressure might be the hardest pressure of all yeah so yeah that's fair i say that all the time fobby fobby's top game is so good dude. yeah she's so good yeah she's so good she takes away the space and your she's daughter just, okay yeah can we talk about that for just a second how she's weird is that she's mini you how weird is that? So if you say you, then she counts. 
because yeah. she's mini you yeah. on on top. Yeah, not that's on what bottom. We're about. She got no game yeah, on that's bottom. She she got that soft guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just blow right through. No, 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 no. <laughs> 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 Hold on, I want to do a couple of questions from the folks here. All right, uh, Stephen Aiken says send Joe to Perry on Saturday mm. to compete. Mm. Who's in that tournament? Uh, Stephen, if you're still watching, drop us some names from the tournament. Uh, Marcus Harness. What's up, Marcus? He said, I just joined the Jedi Archive today. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm a bit pissed off at myself for not doing it sooner. I love it. All right. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that feedback. Tell Stephen I want to, but I got some things going on. But Not going on. But keep teasing me. I'm thinking about it. Uh, Oth Manovich says, I have no question, but this young lady is so hot. All right. Oh, thank you, me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you. Never mind. <laughs> um, oh, we got a couple of people bought a badge here. Lindsay, give them some womp womps. Hold on. This is where the womp womp comes back. Womp womp womp. Badges. <laughs> oh, God. Womp 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 badges. <laughs> Explain to people what the womp womp even means. Okay, so if you don't know what uh, PGF is, Brandon created a jiu-jitsu league during the middle of the pandemic, and um, so we're on season two. That's pretty funny when you say it like that. Brandon created a jiu-jitsu league yeah, during the middle of a pandemic. He started a he fight was, club during, he was bored, during the middle of, so. a, yeah, middle of a global <laughs> disease. Right. So we're in the middle of season two. But anyway, during season one, we were doing live commentary. And when anyone would give to the Super Chat, well, actually, back up. Because I think it started when we were doing that ADCC commentary. That's when it started, and yeah. so people would give while they were listening to you and Scaff rant for eight hours about ADCC. Um, people would give or donate to the Super Chat. And Brandon just started going, whoop, whoop, whoop. And so he was I, I like. I needed a sound. I was yeah. like, what? I need a sound He was board. looking for apps that would make like weird cartoon noises and stuff like that. So he, he got tired of looking for the app. So he just up. started making his own noises. Nice. And I got womp, womp. Gift. Womp Womp was, so I was here, of course, coming, coming soon. Yeah, while they were watching all the ADCC, so I'm here in the Womp Womps, and so during PGF, when people give to the Super Chat, then I started going, Womp Womp, so I actually stole it from Brandon. And like everything now, funny that she wow. does, dude. Yeah. Wow. That is kind of true. All right, we're going <laughs> to have one minute stand-up comedy contest. <laughs> it's called Biting. Dude. Yeah, but um, so I started using it during the PGF, and so now we're not doing the um, commentary live, so I don't get to do the womp womps when they're yeah, doing the super do chat, so people are missing it. Yeah. That's probably the the only complaint that anybody has about the PGF right now is, is they like, like some of the guys that were there for season one, like in the as the – audience mm-hmm. they would stay in the super chat they really missed like being able to interact and be part of the show yeah that was you fun. guys season so, one was fun mm-hmm. yeah but it's good diff- such a different ex- i just can't do it that way again, yeah no man. i get it it was long and it wasn't um it wasn't scalable on any level it, yeah. it was that was as big as the idea could get we just have yeah. pour more money and time and I mean, into it luckily there better. were people like caleb McAllister that were willing to travel like eight hours every yeah. weekend can I, can I pitch people who are thinking about doing the pgf why they should do the pgf yeah dude hold on let me turn this over to my boy right here <laughs> A little advertising. but hold okay. on, before you do that let me shout out who the people were that actually bought those badges dude kai johnson uh, hey. of course kai johnson uh, shout fan. out to dave sather hey All thank right. you dave dave nice. kai Kai, looks like he got a couple of them. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Uh, of course, Marcus Harness bought the archive. Appreciate that. Let's you're the, see. You're the man, Marcus. I know there was one more. Travis Thomas. What's up, Travis? Oh, is that Travis? Our Travis? Uh, and yeah. Katie Canfield. All those, all those people thank got you, Katie. Badge. 
Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Joe, talk to them about that PGF situation over there. Okay, first of all, this is coming from a tiny person. Like, right now, I probably, I just weighed myself this morning. I'm 144. Okay. Okay, so, and uh, I just competed in PGF season one, which was 195 and under. And that remember that story I told you about when I was three months not doing anything? That was right before PGF, and Brandon was on me about <laughs> doing PGF. And I was like, no, don't want to do this. This is not, I, I, I'm just trying to get back to like a, a place where I want to just train jujitsu. But he finally broke me down, like always. <laughs> <laughs> Convinces me somehow to do stuff. And, um, you know, there's something magical about the PGF. Like, it's, you're getting the experience of years in a compressed environment like you're you're also getting to simulate what it feels like to be at that top tier uh competitor mindset and preparation and execution with because you have no other choice you just you either have to show up and become that um or you're gonna have a hard time um and the great thing about that is you've you learn that you can do it like you learn that you can be you know uh as far as just preparation wise and mindset you can you can do a lot more than you think you can um and also you learn that anyone can get submitted you know and any and and you also learn a lot about your own jujitsu like i had to realize that i uh, yeah i may have this intensity or whatever but can i close do i have good execution like how positionally in a in a fast pace like what am i looking like you know what's my cardio looking like you every question that you takes normally about years to answer gets th- th- uh, just fleshed out within a couple of months, and also the camaraderie, the the weird like brotherhood or sisterhood, depending on if it's if we do a girls PGF, um, and and just the alumni feeling, and everybody that leaves PGF goes on to do just bigger and better things because I don't know what it is about. It's it's like coming back from war or something, <laughs> but like in, in in a jujitsu, I don't want to degrade like you know the the vets or anything, but but you know what I mean. It's it's we're all suffering together, but we're also growing together, and it's just it's it's a, an amazing experience. If you are on the fence, uh, just do it. I, I was lucky enough that I had somebody that pushed me towards that, and um, and while you're going through that experience, fully embrace it, dive into the fire. Try to submit people you think you can't. Try to, to, you know, don't just go for the safe safety bet. Get it, get out there, you know, get crazy and have fun. Um, it's worth it. Yes, it'll be a tough, but that just speaks to the kind of person that you are. That's what it's going to show you. So, eh, hmm. good luck. What has been uh, your favorite part of the PGF so far this season, Lindsay? This season. <sighs> I love the interviews. I really think that that's getting more into the like reality show and it's like endearing people to these characters, you know. And um, if you are thinking about doing the PGF, I would say like let your personality come out in those interviews, you know. And um, like you're going to get some fans. Like I kind of wish – like Grayson Webster would be more like he is so I love Grayson so much like I wish he would like show his personality more like I think so many people would like follow him and be Grayson fans and um 
But yeah, I mean, just I, I really love that new aspect. I think the, it's awesome. The amount of free, like professional f- footage that you get alone is worth it. Like I got crisp videos from every uh, a lot of the good matches that I had that now I can look back at and show to people. You know, I've got now connections on media teams and and I'm now I'm being recognized on in, in like local tournaments by random people. That's and I'm cool. not even I don't I don't have any businesses I'm trying to promote or anything. But yeah. if you are, that's a great way to promote that kind of stuff. Well, I even saw I was looking through my Instagram this morning and saw that Caleb McAllister posted something and he's wearing his PGF rash guard. Yeah. So, I mean, there are photos and videos and. You're on Brandon's social media, so you're reaching this huge audience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. The publicity is great. It's been really, really fun. Well, you actually had a comment year. on uh, from Hunter, right, that was saying that he, he oh, had yeah. gotten more publicity from the PGF than he has from anything that he's done, like any big tournaments. From any of his done. MMA fighting, even. Yep. Yeah, which doesn't surprise me. I mean, like MMA is a more popular sport. But it's still taboo. It's still bit. just the UFC. Is you know what? Like football is a huge sport, but the NFL is football. Right. There's NFL and there's college football. But if you're talking about pro football, yeah. there's the NFL. There's other pro leagues, yep. but Arena that ain't leagues, football. Nobody knows about that. Ain't football. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Jiu-Jitsu is differently because it, uh, it's different because it's got different tournaments. There's yeah, not just there's one. A, and you know, I love that about Jiu-Jitsu that there's so many different rule sets. I like that about Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, I think that's, that's cool. good. People are always trying to find the perfect rule set, but I don't think that that's going to be I don't think that's a thing. Even sub only no time limit is not a perfect rule set. Yeah. Cuz that, you know, cuz then you can make the argument that's not reality self-defense anymore. Yeah. Cuz the self-defense situations, dude, you, you're you talking could, about 90 seconds max Yeah, almost. you get bored and go, "Why are we even fighting?" Yeah. <laughs> dude, well, if it lasts more than 45 seconds, yeah, it's a crazy away. altercation. Yeah, I just walk away yeah. at that point. Like, you yeah. got it, dude. <laughs> so, I mean, you can you can make the argument that um, even no time limit sub only is not not a very good rule set, yeah. I think. So, you know, I, I don't uh, hold argument. that argument. It's a, it's a weak argument. <laughs> but, but, it, but that's not an unfair criticism. Yeah, it, not right? It. If you're going to make the criticism of, well, points aren't real, then you can go, well, sub only no time limit ain't real either. Yeah, that's true. You know, ain't none of it real if I'm not hitting you with a crowbar. You know, yeah. so yep. I mean, how far do you want to take that argument? I don't know. But anyway, I like the different rule sets. I think it um, it forces you to it exposes different holes in your game when you play in a different rule set. Oh yeah, you know, and so you, Joe, you've probably competed. I've done everything. Yeah, I've done every rule set. You except, know, I, I competed CJJ. a ton coming up. I've done there CJ. weren't as many options for me though. Most of the rule sets were pretty much the same. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, like even for me, like we didn't get a variety of rule sets until. Probably 2016, mm-hmm. 2015 is when submission only EBI was popping, you know. So that's about the time where we started to see different rule sets. But it was m- mainly point tournaments, you know. And, yeah. and the variation would be like, oh, is it a round? Is robin? it a Naga or an IBJJF? Yeah. That was the way it worked. That was it. It's just how much are the points worth? Yeah. Then. And then, but we've always been a school of submission only, even before that. Like it's we true. didn't, we weren't reading the rule books. You know, only what we can't do. That's what we read it for. What can we not do? 
Yeah, no, no. Hi, what's illegal? What are we not allowed to do? <laughs> it's funny within Tenth Planet, like how much that submission on only the submission matters. That's is what like, I don't care about. But so like sometimes I'll have you guys pushing for points and stuff in advanced class. Like we're playing for the point. Do not let this guy get on top of you, which is hard training, right? Yeah. And you can almost feel the guys in the room go, just like, "Why are we points. doing this again?" So we're training. <laughs> we're training. Just shut up and so do what I say. Do you feel like Eddie is like a pioneer for the EBI rules? Oh yeah, oh, it changed sure. everything yeah, about the a, landscape. Yeah. It, it made it made submission only cool for yeah. the for the mainstream. You know, what, really though, Metamora started that. True, Metamora started Low it. Low key, the Gracie. Everybody, everybody want to joke on Halleck because he wearing that little backpack and nobody what knows was what's in the inside. Backpack? You yeah. know what was in that backpack, I girl? Know. Was it broccoli? More geese. <laughs> just another gee. Yeah. There's another Halleck inside yeah. the backpack wearing an even tiny, smaller backpack. Hey, Morris was fire though. There was some great matches. It got bad though. It got bad. Yeah. And then he did yeah. he didn't do some people the right way, you know. Yeah. But as far as like starting off the hey, you know what, man, we're gonna pay jujitsu players for the yeah. first time ever. Yeah. It was like, oh, Okay. Yeah, this people is a like, great oh, idea. We're actually getting paid, like in the top tier. People. And it, oh, and people will actually people are interested. They weren't as interested as Meta Morris uh, payroll thought they were going to be. Yeah. There wasn't that many people down at that time. But I bet if Meta Morris, tr- if somebody tried Meta Morris again with that kind of backing, I think, I think they could pull it off. I think Polaris kind of picked it up where they left it. Polaris, they're doing, they do good. There are some parts of Polaris I really love. Yeah. But man, sometimes just consistently you just like, put out a, a boring show, yeah, man. I, I hate to say that because I don't mean it, I like it's not even like a, a criticism that I can necessarily put your finger on. Yeah, it's just it's just not something exciting. About it some days, but it did open the door, like rule sets, like quintet and stuff like that. Okay, now quintet's doing a like, super interesting. That one was, that like, was a game changer too. I feel bad I that I said Polaris quintet. was boring. Like yeah. I do feel bad because I, I think y'all are awesome. Polaris, let me get a ticket. I understand that I'm a jujitsu dork like i will watch any jujitsu and enjoy it i'll watch yeah. the most boring gi match and be like yo i'm in, i'm having a great the time way he opened that jacket mm, girl talk Fire. about that belt tie. Uh, you saw his belt fall off and even Sick. i can watch like bars will have a whole event like people if you can go to a draw you will man you people it, are just gonna find the british accents they're just too calm no that's the only part that's saving it in oh, okay. a lot of places i think their announcer team is does they're a really awesome. good job yeah, yeah. The, the i really great. think that and I, I don't think they do a bad job of like they do good matchmaking they yeah. have good ideas the production is good but the rule set i think i think it's the competitors want to win so bad that sometimes they'll they'll hold a little bit i don't think it's that they want to win so bad or they'd go after it it's that they're the rule set allows you to be afraid to lose. Yeah. And so if I'm afraid to lose and we can take it to a draw, then I didn't have to lose. Yeah. And I still got some of the benefits of, of uh, winning. What do you shout think out about? to them for putting up matchups. Like we never they do it. We that's what I'm saying. It. They yeah. do a great job all yeah. the way around. I just, I think their rule set limits them more than, than they should be limited. What do you think about this uh, tag team? Rule set here with the submission underground. So you get to tag if even I if you're in a submission, you can walk over and be like, "I, I hate so. it." I, I, don't, I think that's a little WWE, it. but I'm I, I'm down for every rule. Set. I like to experiment. I'm I'm the I'm the guy. I, I would like to, it's fun. Out, yeah. I guess. I'll try yeah. it out, but I don't I don't have an opinion on it yet. Yeah. I have to. I have a pretty firm opinion of, of a, as a viewer that I can't stand it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's like, it's missing chairs and a ladder. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I, I, no, I just, I don't know. I just, it doesn't, it's kind of, it's just yeah. silly. It's just silly. Which is, 
there's a place for silly. Submission only is silly. Yeah, there's a, there's a place for silly. But yeah, I don't I don't enjoy it necessarily. What about your boy Andy Varela though? He got Mason Fowler coming up at Submission Underground. Andy's been smoking people. Dude. Yeah, but Mason's yeah. been Mason, a champ for a while. Boogie. Smoked boogie. Yeah. Dude. That yeah. was crazy. I couldn't believe. I became Craig Jones twice. Year. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's no easy task because he's Craig's down there with the Danaher squad yeah. on a daily. So. I was actually impressed with Mason Fowler's game when we I was watching him against Boogie. Like it, during the Craig Jones, you know, he was just like skirting around the out outside the whole time yes, you know making stalling sure caught up in that legs in, until overtime but he actually engaged with boogie um engaged, and finished in regulation finished in regulation what did he beat him with i can't remember uh, i can't remember either i have to watch the match again i don't even remember but yeah that, that was the first time that i'd seen he actually engaged during regulation and won the match like so that i was impressed with that match mm. i was dude, i was impressed he, that he about how he beat craig you know, rule the submission underground rule set's so short. Yeah, it's five it's minutes. Yeah, yeah, for black that, belts, that's way too short. Yeah. I think black belts should be ten minutes. I get what Chell's trying to do though. He's trying to force the action and it and then he's leaning on the over the EBI overtime yeah, rule if set. You, if you give the black belts ten minutes and they're gonna they're gonna take their time take analyzing. Well that's the problem. Yeah. yeah, that's and that's what I have the problem with Polaris. It's like if you give me twenty minutes, uh so you know, Pareto's law is the eighty twenty rule. Yeah. The Parkinson's law is that a task will swell given the space to the into it. the space that you give it for completion, into the time that you give it for completion. Uh, so, like, if you give me and Joe 20 minutes, I'm going to approach that in a 20 minutes fashion. Mm-hmm. Not a, all right, Brandon, you and Joe, three minutes, first point wins. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Well, then I got <laughs> to get out here and try to kill Joe in the next three minutes. That would backfire if you... You take that approach, and then yeah, you burn your gas tank. But out. if you give me twenty minutes, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna use the rule set that you put in front of me to try to win the game. Yeah, and by having an option of not winning the game at the end, like a draw is a potential outcome. That sucks. Like in the PGF, if you get if you play out to a draw, that equally that's a, sucks. That's e- but that equals a zero points. You yes. get a result that way, which is that you didn't score. All my draws hurt me so bad. Yeah, because it's, it works the same as a loss. Yeah. You know, it's a zero on the board. Like you didn't score. You're not progressing in the game, mm-hmm. which is in a one-off match, a draw is a no. It's no result. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the same thing. You know. Yeah, PGF yeah. draws are they're rough to take because. A lot of the time, it's usually somebody just didn't do something that could have gave them the win. Mm. And I was, I was, luckily, I was usually on the end of like of the person that didn't do the thing that it needed to be done to get the W. But even that is not something you should brag about. You shouldn't be like, oh man, I dominated them for six minutes. Okay, congratulations. You know, I, it's. Uh, P. Jeff is so fast sometimes, it feels like it, that uh, we go for um, we go for uh, submissions that we think we were going to get, and we skip over submissions where we could have gotten. Mm-hmm. That's what's, what's, what's going on. All right, let me, let me work through the chat right here a little bit. Garcia Grip bought a badge. Uh, let's see, Kai Johnson, he's still got that badge out there. Floating. Um Freedom Grappling Invitational. What's going on? They said, I love the idea of the PGF, not even for the competition, but for putting athletes out there in an ultimate fighter jiu-jitsu style. Yes. That's been a huge um, recurring theme 
in the comments this yeah. year. I'm jealous. We didn't get we didn't get spotlight treatment like that. I mean, yeah, a, few we didn't know of, how. a few of us did. I'm one of the few lucky yeah. ones that did. You got pulled onto the, the commentary that, yeah. table. The ones that showed out did. Yeah. yeah. But in, but sometimes there's characters that aren't showing out, but they've got a beautiful story, though. Oh, for sure. Like, like you were saying with, like, Grayson, like, I would love to learn more about what, you know, he comes from a family of martial artists. Matt's been good at giving us, like, some backstory, but, like, it'll be nice to for him yeah. to give us more of that, like you were saying, Lindsay. Right, for sure. And, you know, um, it's, it's an amazing platform or stage for these white and blue belts to put their name on something and become like superstars or you know and that it's crazy you know what's going on with like evan and, and how about the decatur blue belts have been showing out for season one and two something in the yeah. water maybe something's in the water <laughs> something in the water decatur's uh, always been known for producing like strong blue belts since i've been here at least yeah well I'm, i make them wait a while yeah i make them wait a while you're a white belt for a while here like it's, it's just going to take you a minute. Yeah, it's a long term. I thing. need to see that the foundation's laid well. And I, I've made it. I've made a few mistakes over the year and, and hooked people up with blue belts right too move. early. I think that's the right move because that's where people disappear. Is that blue belt? Mm-hmm. It's weird how you just. And I get it. It's like, you know, you're like, oh, I finally got some recognition. Now I can relax. You know, you relax too much. Yeah, you're not. You're not <laughs> ingrained in the lifestyle yet. Right. That's the problem. So you're. It's easy to fall off. But once it becomes, you know, a part of your life, like jujitsu is no longer like a thing you're doing after school. It's like you're doing jujitsu at home. You're walking around thinking jujitsu. Then, it, you know, it's it, you're not going to you have a better chance of not disappearing. You know what Casey Halstead told me a couple of years ago that at the time I didn't I didn't agree with. But I think I do now is he said uh, exactly what you're saying, but he said it was saying it about a black belt. He's like, I decided I don't give black belts to people who've been training less than 10 years now. Mm. Not because they're not good enough, but because they ain't been training for 10 years. You have to be something else. to. You have to be a different kind of person. To keep doing the same. To keep doing the same thing, thing for 10 years. Yeah, you, There's a there's an accumulation of lessons that happen over the course of 10 years yeah. that don't happen over the course of seven you know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. You know what was really weird? During, I thought that was some super, super science during, right there from During Casey. that three months that I didn't do any jujitsu, I realized how much time of, in the day there was that mm. I have, like, I don't use. You know, I was like, oh, my God. Like, the day is so long when you don't <laughs> work out and you don't do anything but just go to wherever your responsibilities are and then mm-hmm. that's it. I was like, Jesus, how do people not get anything done with this much time? There's just so much time in the day. And then I just decided several years back I wasn't going to sleep either. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'd just be going all day and all night, adding new stuff to the plate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's a question. Lindsay, I saw you work looking at your watch. You got to get out of here in a second. Joe, you good? Um, um, I can, We can cut it short. I'm good with that. Um, it's 2.47. Logan gets home at 3.30, so... Just check okay, I can stay till Lindsay time. dips out. Okay, well, let's just we'll work through a couple of these last questions here in the chat. This is specifically for Joe. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. If you guys have PGF questions, because I'm I was a smallest one of the smallest people in PGF, so I really know like I went through everything. So if you guys have questions on preparation, mindset, how I dealt with like you know week to week, well, that's exactly what's going on here. So this is Joe. Is there an aspect to competition? That you've struggled with in the past, but that you've really got a grip on now. Oh yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, I'm a pro now. 
but a, a lot of the competition that I did up until even Purple Belt was by myself. Like I would have to prepare myself, take myself to these competitions, get myself ready and compete and deal with the repercussions later. But now I've gotten it down to a science. So the hardest thing, uh, there's a lot of hard things, but I think the most challenging for overall people is, is, is your mindset going into these competitions, the nerves, how to deal with the nerves. So, so let me roll this next question into that and you can kind of talk about both if you want. This is from Zero Brand who just bought a badge, by the way, hit it. Badges. Uh, what did you do about your anxiety for your first few matches? And I think they mean um, first few matches as a jiu-jitsu player, not necessarily the first few for the PGF. Oh, um, you know, that that doesn't even really go away. Like, I still have anxiety. I still have all that. Um, so I was a wild man, like adrenaline kind of a junkie a little bit uh, early on in jiu-jitsu. So I would just throw myself into the fire and um, and just see what happens. But... Man, uh, I would use music, but I've I just watched uh, uh, Fernando Fernando Faria. What is his name? Oh, Bernardo. Bernardo Faria. He had Andrew Wiltsey and um, Ryan uh, or Gordon Ryan on his, and they were talking about what they do before uh, competition. Oh, interesting. And they were they were saying they don't do anything and they don't put on music, like because they just want, don't want distractions. I'm the opposite. I will jam out and try to take myself away from. The fact that there's a competition and and um, I will I will treat it as if it's an open mat. So I had to get to that point before yeah. I felt comfortable. Like, oh, this is just another day at the office. You, I, it's a little more stressful because people are watching. But yes, it's so just another day. At the when office. I go to class, I go to class as if I'm going into a tournament because my routine doesn't have to change. Another really fun trick that I've learned to dealing with competitions is get to the venue um, super early. Sometimes I'll go to the venue the day before and just walk around. I did the opposite. I wanted to come in as late as possible. The reason I, I want to walk straight out of the car, stretch a little bit, and yeah. then jump on the mat. I have a problem with peripheral vision where I'll look around even in the middle of my match. Like I'm seeing people on the sideline and I'm just like not concentrating on the person. So I come in and I just I smell the building, I feel the building, the energy of the building, the air conditioning. Like, was this a cold building? Is this a do I need to bring a sweater? And then the next day I come in, it's as if I've already been to that building before. So I'm not nervous or excited by the paint or the anything. I'm like, oh, I've been here before. Because if you realize, like, when you go to a competition, come back to that same competition another time, you're going to be less nervous. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that you've been in that building before, mm. I think. Mm. Um, so I will come into a building early, especially for PGF. You know, I'm. This is my home gym, but I would still come to PGF. Yeah, you were always here, super yeah, early. Yeah, and I would walk from my my apartment because that walk was like a warm up slash. It's cleansing. Yeah, cleansing, breathing exercise. So make sure your breath is right, because when we're nervous, we tend our breathing is disrupted, and that affects your cardio. So you ever wonder why you're so tired during a tournament? It's probably a lot of it is because you're holding your breath. So you got to practice. Uh, breathing automatically, which should already be a thing, but when you're nervous, you kind of override that thing. So, um, so practicing your breath work and practicing getting to a place where you're just in an open mat kind of feeling is is the e simplest way of putting it. But that comes from routine. You can make up whatever routine you want. Uh, Lindsay, mm. this is for you from Trent Martinez. 
How do you deal with being the... Oh, no, sorry. This is not that one. This is the one I wanted. Stu Ab. How do you stay in mount against larger individuals? Um, so my mount is not as strong as like my side, uh, side control. Heresy. So actually, that's heresy. Um, if I, if I do want to control the mount, then it's going to be like a high mount and that's where my offense is in mount. So, um, with a, like a mounted triangle or, um, you play that old gangster you know. lean style yeah, still. So yeah, with the actually it's gangsta lean, oh, and I'm like <laughs> the oldest, whitest lady to say gangsta. So it always comes out terrible. So I always preface, preface it. But anyway, what is this? So what is your hand? That's, <laughs> how, <I gangsta> <laughs> That's how a gangsta holds their hands. And so yeah, so you're pressuring the shoulder. Uh, on one side and you're actually like pinning their arm in between like your thigh and your uh, lat or your rib cage. So you've got pressure on one side and then you're leaning and you just have a little bit of pressure on the extended arm on the bottom. So that's, it's very difficult to uh, get any kind of shoulder mobility. And it makes the, it makes your um, other leg light mm-hmm. so that you can move it around for the triangle if you want. Right. So my mount is usually a pretty high mount. So knees and the armpits. Not me, baby. I'm trying to drive my diaphragm through your, uh, or trying to drive my hip through your diaphragm. So where are your knees? So like when I go knees up, so because I like a high mount, I like the knees up into the armpit. So I have trouble doing downward pressure onto like through my sternum because I feel like I'm I'm too high. I'm trying to steal. I'm trying to steal as much of the space between your elbows and your ribs. Like if you're tucking your elbows tight to your ribs, Mm -hmm. I want to steal as much of that space away from you as possible so that I start. I want your arms to start raising, right? I want those elbows to start coming up. And yeah. if I can get them up past the 90 degree point right there mm-hmm. on either side or especially both, yeah. I know you're toast. A thousand percent you're toast. Yep. Well, see, like I've got really good pressure if I do like a skydive mount. Mm-hmm. Then my knees are off the ground. I'm super heavy and super controlling there. But your your hips are just pressuring forward. So like you don't I don't feel don't feel like I have a lot of offense from there. I can definitely pin you and I can vase from there. But um, start yeah. bothering the head. I yeah. gotta. I like that high mount. Yeah, I, I struggled uh, holding the mount for un- up until last year. Like I would, I yeah, would. Yeah, we've been working on it. Yeah, a lot. and you you've really fixed a lot of the issues that I had. Now I feel comfortable because I could get there, but then it would turn into a problem. Like I would get swept, or my legs would be they, exposed. Like cover up the legs. Yeah. yeah so, uh, like you said, I hear that a lot, man. People are scared to mount because they're scared of leg lockers. Yes. I'm like, hey, man. Something's that's, off that's you. with your mount, and something's off. Yeah, like I don't do mount because it's too easy for leg lockers. No, 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 no. no. You don't do mount because you're not good at mount. Exactly. Like that is not a. That's not a real thing. First step is acceptance, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. Yeah. Like I ex- first had to accept that, and then that was a good baseline to start. And then uh, the first thing Brandon was telling us was whatever your opponent's trying to do, don't let them do it. So that was one. Also, whoever's winning the underhooks is. You know, is you want as many as those underhooks, like he said, as possible. Getting it, your hands up in the person on bottom, hands up, and then principles of the cross face. Like I would cross face, but I wouldn't understand like why I was pushing the head to the left. Yeah, the point the of right. the cross face is not because it's uncomfortable. It's just it's to force you to look in a particular direction. It's because if you're looking spine. to your left, you can't move your body to the right. Exactly. And so whichever way I want your body to turn, I move your chin in that direction. And I don't have to do that in a 
douchebaggy way. Yes. I can just guide you where I want you to go by simply turning your nose right over there. And your chair sit mechanics have to be on point. Yeah, like well, A lot of us are sloppy with our chair sits, and people just scoot out, and then you go, well, I'm just going to just deep half or whatever. You don't want to be there, you know, <laughs> having to reach for Kimura traps or whatever. Just not, when you could finish every time you get to mount, why not just do why If you could be Hodge Gracie, why are you... Why you out? Why you out here rolling? Yeah, because you know everybody says that. Not everybody, of course, but this is a very popular and common sentiment in jujitsu. Haja Gracie is the pinnacle of jujitsu yep. technique. Yep. A lot of people would say that. A lot of of the greats would say that. Yep. Haja Gracie is the pinnacle. What does Haja Gracie's game look like? Either takedown yeah. or sweep from the sit guard, sweep, smash through your guard. Yep. Mount you and finish you. Finish you right there. Mount and finish you. Not mount, bother you, and so you yeah. would take the back. No, he doesn't allow you to you give your back. Turn. No, you ain't going. You're going, you're going to stay right here, and you're <laughs> going to sleep in the bed that you made. Yeah. And if that's the pinnacle of jiu-jitsu technique, why, are we, I why do we disparage the mount so much? It doesn't well, make any sense. It's when, the best place to fight from. When you're a white belt, like the arm bar looks so cool. So we think... Well, we're going to mount. We're going to do this swinging leg thing into an arm bar. It's going to be so cool. And then Brandon's going to yell at me for falling off the top. Yes, exactly. I remember one time, um, this was back at Webster's. I was, uh, you know, we had MMA fighters with us back then. And so I had this dude named Brandon Lovett. There's, we should have a whole episode about Brandon Lovett. Oh, my gosh. That would be fun. Yeah. But he was, um, he kept falling off the top position to go for the arm bar during MMA practice. I'm like, Brandon. Stop falling off the top. Mm -hmm. And then he would do it again. And I remember I took that timer. I had the, like we had a, a stopwatch. <laughs> and I had it in my hand and I took it and I slung it across the room and it shattered against the wall. Like, Stop falling off the top. <laughs> Coach and, of the year. <laughs> yeah. I was so mad. But I remember that moment. Like this thing about times I lost my cool in practice. It was because he kept falling off the top position. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's one of the issues. And then the people that actually get, they start to catch those arm bars, then they go, okay, I've mastered the mount, when really you've done nothing. You have to, there's a lot of positions like that where people, they go, okay, I got good enough, I can leave it alone. Like half guard, like a like a closed guard. Mm. People go, ah, it's good enough. Mm. Sad. Yeah, and then they get in a, in a situation where somebody is forcing them to have to use it or there's an opportunity there and they just, it just looks sloppy. Mm. Um, yeah. So, once I started um, getting comfortable in the mount, oh my gosh, guys! If once you spend time in a like being in a, you can hold people significantly bigger than you. Yeah, dude. I know we're all scared because we think like the bigger person just gonna roll and then they're on top of you. That's because you can't do it yet. Yeah, you gotta spend keep, some time and practice yeah. getting rolled over. It's get, okay. That's why you need a. That's why you need a close guard escape. If you don't want to play close guard, then yeah. you need to figure a way to get out of there. Uh, this is Garcia Grip. He says. Uh, B-Mac, love what you guys are doing. Lindsay, your arms are looking powerful. <laughs> Thank you. And your student, Joe, is a dope kid. Keep it all Aww. up. All right. I told y'all that I had to sometimes show people the bicep. That's, you know. Jiu-Jitsu insurgent there. says we need to get Elijah on here. Hell yeah. Lord, I don't know. The this this is not a family. This is a family show. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just say bleep every time he talks. Yeah. <laughs> you sit there and you just yeah. mute it. Just put your hand over Pleasure his Pleasure to meet you guys. Bleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And they said, please save the live and make sure it shows up on the um, Instagram. So I'll do my best to do that. It doesn't always stick. There's like a little... 
thing, but this is all this is being recorded. It goes on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on iTunes and Spotify. Um, that's right, Stu. Yep, Jujitsu Insurgent. I'm thinking about buying your Meat Hook instructional. Do is that. it a must buy? Hey, let me tell you why you should buy that. Go. So back when I was learning rubber guard, I couldn't do rubber guard because remember I was stiff, and that's another thing, guys. If you're stiff, that's that's, that's and you want to learn this kind of stuff. Like just work on it. Like work on your stretching. It's it, it's possible. It's a hips. It's not your knees. But it's way easier to get flexible and dexterous than it is to get strong. Yes. Yeah, but with the meat hook module that you're thinking about buying, Brandon actually breaks down how it's a lot more positioning yeah, than it is flexibility. Yeah, that's so. what I was gonna say. I couldn't do the rubber guard, but the meat hook, it's it it it's like almost no flexibility needed. It's it's all angles. It's all like positional wise. So that's a great introduction to rubber guard like applications. So it's a great way. Like even if you don't know how to do rubber guard, but you want to learn rubber guard in the future, but you're you're hindered by your physique or whatever, or if you just even if you never want to do rubber guard, but you want something rubber guard ish like for striking or MMA. Yeah, you need a high guard variant of some sort. Yes. Like that's it's you need some it's, kind of system. Up it's there. silly to not have a high guard in nogi, or in all jujitsu. Honestly, in MMA, it's in it's MMA suicide. especially. Yeah, yeah, you should just buy it. You're gonna watch it and go, "Why didn't I buy this sooner?" Yeah. I promise. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Plus, my kids is hungry, so buy it. Our um, son is so skinny. He's so. <laughs> He's so frail. We need to put a we need to put a picture of he Keller. Can't, he can't lift up his action figures. <laughs> um, this is Kai Johnson. He, this this will be the last question here. We spoke in the premiere about the PGF time. You said you wouldn't be open to decreasing the time or to increasing the time. That's correct. I would not be open to increasing the, the time, time is, of the, the matches. The time is fine. Like these people that complain about the times, I even when I couldn't get the finish, I never once thought it was because of the time. Like if you are a slow starter, then you need to start f- faster. Yeah. Like start sooner. Uh, I mean, what do you, what are you expecting if you're if you're somebody that needs time to to get a submission, but you spend two minutes of that just pan fighting? Mm-hmm. Like do like Eddie Bravo or somebody else and just pull guard and get to it. You know. If you or develop a new game, like I learn to wrestle, yeah, learn to wrestle, learn how to do top pressure, learn how to wrestle from bottom. If you're afraid of wrestling from top, there's many ways. Or if you're afraid of wrestling from top, stop that and learn to wrestle. Yeah, Uh, honestly, man, if it's a competition and you haven't got the sauce to get it started, um. That, don't blame don't blame the rule set. And you knew what the rule set was coming in. And if you're getting to these positions but you can't close, then that's really your fault. And how are other people able you, you to know, be successful? Like, right. You know, I, I, listen, I got a slow game. I got a slow game. I was up there on submissions and I was one of the smallest people, but I was finding a way to submit. Yeah. I yes, my submissions were limited to like maybe three, but at least I I, I found three. There's an infinite amount of possibilities of how to submit somebody. Yeah. And I, I don't even have any criticism for anybody who might be like, well, it's uh, it's not enough time to work my game. I get that. like, But yeah. you, if you're going to play in if this you're gonna rule be set, you're going to have to have yeah. a game yeah. that allows you to score kills or breaks yes. inside of six minutes. That's what the rules are. Yes. And they're that way for a reason. They're that way because it 
forces the action and it forces the subs. You got to be about that action if you're going to be in PGF. That's that's, that's what we want. That's what we want. Yeah. I so. mean, if you if you need more time, then I mean, PGF might not be for you then. Or you better just you know score enough that you can make it to playoffs, I guess, and then and then do your thing. Then do your thing in playoffs. Yeah, and because I had to do that sometimes, I had to accept the fact that I'm, I'm probably not going to submit this person. But I'm still going to try to. But even if I didn't, I'm okay with that, knowing that in playoffs, like I knew in with Kevin in, regular, uh, in the regular part of the PGF, non-playoffs, I'm not submitting Kevin. So if I would have had Kevin during the regular uh, portion, it would have been a draw. I, I, I would have I been okay with that, knowing that it's just like some people, it takes time for them to submit them. They have such good defense. But I had Kevin in the playoffs. In the playoff, it took you 72 minutes to yeah. submit him. 72 now, minutes. Some of these people that are complaining about they need more time, let's see if they'll make it past 20 minutes in the playoffs. Because if you don't even make it past 20 minutes and you were one of the people complaining about like you need more time and you get submitted. You infinite time. <laughs> yeah, you had all you have infinite time. And okay. You know. Okay. But I get I get the argument though. It's, it's and it's fast. it's a fair argument. It's, it's a fair argument. It's a short time set. Yeah, it's it's really fast. It's just it's short for a reason, and it's yeah. going to stay short for that mm-hmm. reason. Oh, yeah. so I had Matt Elkins on me for six minutes. Healthy Matt Elkins. Yeah. Hefty, healthy Matt. Hefty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, long hair. Oh, the mane. Yeah, I had the mane. <laughs> you guys have the clean cut. <laughs> <laughs> the clean cut. He's the little yeah, guy out there. I didn't complain. He was as he smashed me for six minutes. You know. <laughs> I still fought at the last end of that. I was still throwing up submissions because that's the mentality of PGF that we're trying to cultivate right now. Yeah, word. Any any words of wisdom here at the end, Lindsay? Just at the end of the podcast? Yeah, or? we're going to wrap it up here. <laughs> or at the end uh, of life, now yeah, that you're 40. Well, <laughs> <laughs> been thinking, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Could I just recommend so to you rude. existential dread? <laughs> Try it out. <laughs> This this podcast has been sponsored by <laughs> Zola. <Depression>. Depends. Fix a dent and forget it. Applesauce. <laughs> Prune um, juice. I, I really appreciate the guys that are uh, watching on a regular basis. I'm really uh, I, me, someone who's not on social media a whole lot. I'm getting comments. Uh, She's on know, MySpace. <laughs> yeah, MySpace. She's pumped because everybody talking about her arms all the time. Yeah, well, but she I'm keeps just, showing them. Like, she's, why are you talking like this? Well, the sun's out, guns out. Like, oh, okay, but I, I appreciate everybody, the, all the comments and kind words that everybody's been handing out. So. Thank you for watching. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Where can everybody follow you on your social? Man, I'm I'm kind of like Lindsay. I'm I, I really just have an Instagram where I just post random dumb stuff. I'm on Jokai underscore. Um, I should be more on social media. No, nah, probably not. Yeah, I just don't have a reason at this yeah. point. But I'm only I only really use social media because yeah. of business purposes. But if you know? I mean I, I've been an active competitor since day one for you know eight years now. So uh, if you guys just have questions or concerns about you know even non-competitive stuff, just how how do you train and how do you become better at jujitsu, you know, or you know, just dieting and stuff, or anything, anything jujitsu related. Um, feel free to hit me up. I I love talking about it. I'm a nerd about all that stuff. And almost certainly, Joe will be one of the next black belts that comes out of here. One of the next few black belts that comes out of here. So Jesus. keep your keep your eyes on him. Even Brown. I'm the first black black belt. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. That would be true. Yeah. 
and the last. Bro. Wow. No more, no more new students. <laughs> this is at the end. <laughs> Kaya's outside like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> she gets rid of me. <laughs> James. Yeah. James, James is like, I don't think so. That's uh, hilarious. I don't even know what I was just saying. Anyway, I was just complimenting uh, Joe, super active competitor. Undefeated since PGF. PGF okay. transformed me mentally. It took away all the doubts that I had, all the, the demons that I had. If you have to compete over and over and over and over and over, that's the trick. That's the trick to getting better at anything. Just and do it reps. over and over and over. So... Ten weeks of having to to show up, not know what's going to happen, and then go home, lick your wounds, come back the next week, you know. And I'm the small one of the small people there, so I had to represent for the tiny folk, you know. Especially a small guy that's not doing leg locks really. Like I was passing, guard passing, like um. So I took the roughest road, man. But that's how you reap the most rewards, you know. Just you, you know, don't be a don't. You'll be surprised of what you can do, but you have to first show up. So just show up. Love it. All right, we're out of here, guys. Thank you. Make sure you like, subscribe, all of that stuff. Podcast. Oh, uh, A.E. Bailey. Oh, that's Elizabeth. She said Lindsay's arms are goals. Fire. Oh, thanks, Elizabeth. Uh, Ajax said Lindsay versus Joe arm wrestling for Joe's black belt. Nah, she wins that. I'm not, I'm not even joking right now. Like she would, I legit well, cannot win. She's significantly stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got about 10 pounds on me. How much you weigh? Uh, well, I was one thirty six this morning. Oh, I'm bigger than you. Ooh, yeah. You fat dog. Yeah, yeah, you, you. Yeah, oh, wait, I'm you big. Got, I got you. Got like eight pounds. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Remember, I recognize That's that. But my, they're not in my arms though. My arms are <laughs> the smallest part of my body. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude, we're out of here. Nice job. Yeah, thanks for letting me sit in on that guy.